Welcome, welcome to another episode of the LOC Lords of Consciousness podcast. Today I am joined, actually Chase is not here today, he's uh, under the weather, but uh, today I'm joined by no other than my father, Darth Vader, <laughs> aka William Bill Alfred Colberson. What's going on, Dad? It's nice to be here. <laughs> Anytime I slow you down in your life enough to talk to you for a few minutes, I'm a happy guy. I say we have to we have to record it for our for our children's sake here. Yeah, our grandchildren. So here we go. Meeting of the minds of father and son, Luke and Darth, Darth and Luke. Yeah, my son. <laughs> I am your father. I am your father. <laughs> No, I'm so excited to have you on, Dad. We always have such epic conversations, and and so many people in the Lords of Consciousness group love love your additions and love the, your comments and your posts and your, you know, you're kind of you're kind of the guy who's uh, who brings the experience, brings the wisdom, and uh, a lot of people have been wanting to hear from you, man. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I, uh, uh, I just want to start by saying how much I love being a part of Lords of Consciousness. Uh-huh. I mean, this has been an amazing year for me as well, and uh, that we just have amazing people in this group. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by in my life that I don't read something on our site that inspires me, that lifts me up. I, I'm just so amazed with the intelligence and the talent of everybody in Lords of Consciousness. What an amazing trip this has been. I know, I know. I remember one of, when we first, when the idea of Lords of Consciousness came about, you and me were sitting in the backyard and I said, Dad, you're such a wise guy, but I'm the only guy that gets to hear it. You need to, like, <laughs> you need to start getting your voice out there more, you know? <laughs> and I remember you sitting there saying, you know, you're right. Maybe I will, son. And we were sitting in that backyard and, uh, you know... <laughs> Shortly thereafter, we started the group, and you started really sharing yourself. Because I remember you saying, you know, I have too many conservative friends on my regular page. I just don't feel like sharing myself. It's just not worth the, you know, not worth the effort, basically. Well, sometimes when you're young, you know, you're you're always in, in the mood for a good debate, a good argument, <laughs> a good disagreement. But I'm Eddie, 60, if you're I'm out six, there, we're talking about you, brother. Yeah, yeah, Eddie. <laughs> When you're when you're 69 years old and uh, your health is marginal, you don't go out of your ways to just try to break rake people that you know you're not going to have any real impact on, and mm-hmm. they've been friends a long time. So I just let them go their way and and try to keep my feelings to myself or in a group like this where you know my my ideas are accepted. Yeah, yeah. In in some ways, it's like everyone. As long as you have like pure intent, it's like everyone's ideas are accepted. That's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, that's from day one. That's been, I think, the bellwether mark of Lords of Consciousness is that we're not pushing anything. There's not one size that fits all. There's not one philosophy that that is more important than any other. Right. Uh, if if there to me, if there's a purpose of Lords of Consciousness, it's about our journey to self awareness. Yeah. And everybody's journey is different, and that's a core belief of mine. Is that it? It it's not about where you end up in a journey of self consciousness, 
because we're all going to end up at different places. So it's not about the destination. You, you know, you you're when you find the place in your life where you really re- really resonates for you, and I know you're doing that. Um, it's going to be a place totally different from mine or from anybody else in Lords of Consciousness. There might be one or two that end up in your spot, but you know, if if, if we have a hundred people in Lords of Consciousness. You're not going to have any more than 10 people that resonate where you resonate. And the other 90 are going to be feeling other things and excited about other things. And they're going to be having extraordinary lives in other arenas than where you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, it's the, it's the process of the journey that is, is where there's commonality between all of us and Lords of Consciousness. Oh, yeah. To get to that end point, to get to that destination, there's, there's a process that needs to be followed. I, that's that's why I think there are universal truths, okay. and that's part of the process. You know, I agree. Like, there's there's many roads lead to Rome. Totally get it. Totally fine. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to lying to yourself, it, lying to yourself is just lying to yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, you can paint it any picture you want, but guess what? Yeah. It fucking is what it is, man. And it, it, there are some universal truths, you know. Do unto others as you want want to do unto yourself. Um, that's a real thing, you know. That is a real thing. Showing love to others and it will come back to you. Hmm, that actually works, you know. Put out good, you, you oftentimes get back good. Yeah. What a shocker. Now, however you put out good, maybe it's doing you know whatever path you go down cool dude maybe well, like you were saying earlier like maybe it's maybe it's uh astrology is kind of just this thing that resonates so deeply with you you know the astrological truths cool maybe yours is uh more of a scientific route maybe yours is uh you know whatever the, the, the christian route, route the, yeah. the buddhist route the you know the muslim route mm-hmm. it, as, as long as when you find that place of on your journey of self-awareness where you really know what resonates with you right then where you end up is everything is a possibility yeah. but until you get there you're easily deceived and the, and and probably the the greatest deceiver is we ourselves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that has been my observations. I mean, I've been on my journey of self-awareness now for almost 20 years. And until you came along a couple of years, a few years ago, uh, that's been a solo trip. Uh, I didn't join groups. I didn't, I wasn't trying different philosophies. I was trying so hard to master myself, to, to become aware of myself. Right. I have a very defined philosophy that I think is defines that process that I was talking about earlier as, as it appears to these eyes in my life and my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, me too, by the way, you know, you you were one of the first, you're one of the first people that was a part of my awakening. I was just telling Wendy tonight that at my lowest point in my life, you were the hand that pulled me out. You know, we all have that, you know, we all can, all of us have someone who kind of was that, you know, and, you know, we can make this a mushy story of, thanks, dad, for pulling me out, which, you know, there is a time and place for that. And I do feel that like internally grateful, you know, like the person that pulled you out and finally got you out of your, whatever that negative down spiral that goes on in your life. Well, oftentimes there is another person that says, you know, stop, stop, 
here, grab my hand, let's go this way. Yes. And then ever since then, I mean, you know, it's all, it's been, an, it's just been a, it's, it's been a, my vision has gotten clearer and clearer and clearer ever since that day in that restaurant that I was telling you about, you know, my marriage was going to hell in a handbasket, you know, and I was unhappy and I, I never told anyone that ever, you know? Yeah. It was like, and then the, you were also questioning other things in your life. Right. And then from that, your journey started our conversation. I remember when you used to be driving to your different clients around the state of Arizona. I was living in California at the time, and you would call me while you were driving, and we would have these epic <laughs> two- or three-hour conversations where yeah. you'd lose the signal, and then we'd I call know. back three or four times. Mm-hmm. But they were amazing conversations. And, and let me say this to you, Clinton. It oh, wasn't a one-way true. street because I had been this part of my life I kept close to myself. I am never been a person. I don't, I'm not, I've never been comfortable sharing my shit with everybody. Right. Okay. And, and so this journey was really important to me. It was probably the most important thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. I had reached a point when I was 50 years old where I just said, I can't go on like this. Uh, and I've shared that with you and with other people in the Lords of Consciousness. I post about this that, you know, I spent most of my first 50 years as one fucked up person, like so many other people, a little programmed robot, you know, <laughs> that was that was feeling guilty all the time, that had insecurities. I didn't like myself. I spent, I gave up, I gave up huge parts of my life to self-pity. Right. That was my, that was my weakness that caused me the most damage. One guy might be anger. Another guy... You know, it it might be self-esteem. Another guy, it might be um, ego. You know, any of those influences can really damage your life. For me, it was self-pity. Poor Billy. And I never accepted a lot of responsibility, not true responsibility. You know, what what I mean by that is, is that when you truly accept responsibility for your behavior, you look yourself right in the eye and say, I did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a difference between that, looking yourself right in the eye and say, yeah, it's my fault, but poor me, you know, right. it's my fault. but <laughs> poor me. I mean, that was me, you know, my, right. and I could go into self pity funks for weeks on end. And I'm so angry that I gave up so much of my precious life to that part of my negative psyche. that just was unacceptable. And at 50, I said, no more. And I changed, and I started my journey then. I've shared this with you before, my process, okay? I started by standing in front of a mirror every time I started feeling sorry for myself, and I would yell at myself. I would make myself... Well, this is long, and I got I got screwed by this person, and nobody appreciated whatever it was. And I'd stand in front of the mirror and start talking to myself. And when you see yourself in a mirror where you're acting like such a total asshole, it, it's pretty obvious. You it, you can't lie to yourself when you're watching yourself lie, man. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. And then I'd yell at myself. I'd say, "Oh, you big baby, yo, Billy, baby, Billy, poor Billy, boo, stuck your thumb, you know, stupid stuff." But you know what? It, it, it created an amazing transformation. Mm-hmm. For the first time in 50 years, man, I truly, I, yeah, do I, even now today, I still feel sorry for myself. You never leave your shortcomings behind. Those things, drag you drag them around your whole life. The whole point is how much influence do you give them? Pre-standing in front of that mirror, right. huge chunks of my life. Since then, 
smaller and smaller and smaller right. and smaller. And you live with me now, you know. I'll get in a funk sometimes and be feeling sorry for myself, but come on, how long? A few hours at the most. Right. I mean, that's a big difference than, than days and weeks out of your life. Oh, yeah. So, and it was that mirror that was the transformative thing for me, watching myself lie to myself and realize that I'd spent a whole lifetime doing that. That was my therapy. <laughs> right. Started me on the journey. I didn't go to a guru. I didn't read a book. I didn't, I just, in my philosophy, I put together by trial and error. And I, and I spent, until you came along, Clinton, I spent all those years on this journey as totally within myself. Right. I never shared it with anybody. I never shared it with any ladies I dated. I never even shared it much with Jenny, who's the love of my life. Yeah. That's, so that's my it's, it's, it was always very, very personal to me. And then when you came along, it was like, wow. I was in awe that you had arrived at some of the same conclusions that I had arrived at. Yeah, we hadn't really... It's kind of almost from high school, through my mission, through my early marriage... We weren't even really in contact that much. Well, and when we were, it was always wonderful, but it wasn't. There wasn't sports, any big father son stuff going on. That's for sure. It's sports or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, it. yeah. And we had a good relationship. We yeah, just didn't yeah. have a. We just didn't have the relationship anywhere near what we have now. Right. It's funny because it. I'm always convinced that in people's lowest moments is when they open up enough for connection. That's where real connection happens. You know what I mean? Is in, in within vulnerability comes connection. And I had never been vulnerable with you all the way as, as a, you know, you with my father. And then I became vulnerable and that's when the connection happened. Yes. And it's no different from, I mean, that's just one example of one relationship, but it's kind of like with these, with it's not just lords, but other other groups all around the internet that people connecting, and when they when they really connect beyond on an intellectual level, right, agreeing on philosophical points or whatever you want to call it, there's connection there. But where true connection happens is with where 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 you're actually vulnerable. You know what I mean? That's why with with the lords group, it's so great because people open their hearts and just throw it out on the table. And then when they're so well received and, and then not only that, the, the people learn and grow from it. And then also come, can come in and support, support each other. It's like uh, on a chemistry level, on a molecular level, there's some sort of connections going on when that happens. And that happened with you and me. It's like when I finally became vulnerable to you, it's, we, that's when we became very close. It's kind of interesting. And I, I believe that that when you open up, it's an element of trust. We're mm -hmm. we're afraid to trust. We're afraid to expose ourselves to being hurt, and so we build these barriers between trusting even members of your own family. Oh, and yeah. when and when a, uh, something happens that breaches that wall, that you let somebody in, and usually it's because of an experience you form a bond with them that changes the nature of your relationship going forward. And if you can build on that and hold on to it, it can be a really special thing. I mean, if you even look at Lords, think, think about some of the people in Lords that we have 
become very close with in the past year. Right. In in so many of the circumstances, what closed the gap was sharing of personal experiences. When they finally trusted enough on the Lord's format to say, hey, let me tell you about me. I remember Richie Jones. Oh, when yeah. He told us about his, he was just this really cool guru kind of guy. I loved what he said. I loved his positive energy. <laughs> but when he told us about his story, Richie. about his family, I'll never forget that. Yeah, it changed, it changed the group. I mean, group. Richie became a different person to me after that. Mm-hmm. And, and I could go person by person in Lourdes. Right. Uh, it, it just, just amazing the, the feelings that build as people begin to trust and open themselves up in the format. I mean, Wendy is... How about Gregory tonight? Did you read that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. His story, yeah, a brand new member, and I mean, here he's been. I mean, just not he wasn't even supposed to be here. The doctor said, you know, you're you're goose is cooked, kid, you know. And now he's outlived all the doctors. I mean, how yeah, amazing that is that? What a sense of humor! And you know what? I really empathize with that because I've been through two cancers, right? And in the process of being treated for two cancers, I unfortunately have been in the cancer treatment centers and I have seen lots of people far younger than me mm. who their lives are over with and I defeated it. I'm still going. I still having these amazing opportunities in my life, you know, to, to be inspired and to share with people. And, uh, it, it's just a miracle. I mean, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. You, I just came in touch with this, this guy. He's a, channeler if you will i mean honestly the guy's like a prophet type of character but his name is matt con very smart spiritual guy so on and so forth and he says this he says this thing in one of his talks he says sometimes we have to go to hell to know that we want to go back to heaven you know what i mean it's like to even to even understand heaven you have to touch hell a little bit and it's like People that have these near-death experiences where literally the life is ex- exiting your body, you can probably feel it when you have cancer. I don't know. You tell me. Like, do you ever do you feel like, dude, something's being sucked out of me here? And then to get real close to it and then to come back. You know, like Gregory, like he was down to 50-something pounds and they were saying 59 that. 59 pounds. And they were saying that he's got a week to live when he's 16 years old. Yeah. And, and he bounces out back from it. And now look at the, look at how he's spreading what a, love. What a love. What a light that is! Amazing that guy's got. spirit, you know. And, and, he, and he's a part of our group now. How, how yeah. cool is that? Very cool. You know, I'll tell you what. You ask me that question, I'll answer your question. Yes, I know exactly what that's like. I don't. Okay, when I went I through don't. chemotherapy, that's the sickest I've ever been in my life. Before chemotherapy, I was, for example, I had no fear of enclosed spaces in my job. I had what they call a uh, confined space uh, permit to go into confined spaces like tanks and things like that. All right. um, when I was going through chemotherapy, I I felt so close to death that I started having this repetitive dream about being underneath a mountain with all the rocks of the mountain stacked on top mm. of me. And I would wake up in this huge panic attacks and I was afraid to go back to sleep. And you know, when my cancer treatment was over, the dreams still come and visit to this day sometimes. And I am totally afraid of small spaces. I'm claustrophobic now. 
hmm. from a traumatic from a dream from a, and from the physical process of going through chemotherapy i mean i don't think most people understand that when you go through chemotherapy they're literally trying to get you they're trying to poison you as much as they can poison you without brain. killing you yeah okay and and those drugs that kill cancer cells are killing er, lots of cells <laughs> you that's why they call it a new normal um, right. after you go through cancer treatment. It's serious stuff, man. It's not like having the flu. So I can understand where he's coming from when he says you 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 can experience uh, understanding what it's like to die. Yeah, been there, done that. No hurry to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't your time? Well, I'm glad you're still here, man. Yeah, me too. Glad you're still here. Yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I've sometimes I, I, I feel like I've lived a charmed life in the way that I haven't had to go too far into the darkness of the of this existence. Some yeah. people do, you know. Some people's journeys take them through the fucking back streets of Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if if you get the you know you get the analogy, you know I've 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 driven on the surface streets. You know I got to see some. I've seen it, but I haven't had to like overly immerse myself in it. And even that, like even physically, I've never, I've never had to uh, come close. I haven't seen the, the proverbial cliff too much. I mean, I've had uh, in a in a, well, I should physically speaking, you know, I've I've had uh, psychedelic experiences that take me to the cliff, but which are real. I mean, they are real, no doubt about it, man. Some I guess sometimes it's whether you're physically dying or maybe you're just perceiving it, I guess it's all the same in some ways in, 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 in that microcosm of a moment. But nonetheless, it's uh, it's, I can't even fathom what it must've been like to, when I hear people who have these survival stories of coming from the brink of death to, to life. And, you know, like Lance Armstrong, you were talking about him, you know, despite all of his, you know, awfulness, but you know, the, all the, all the steroid shit that happened, but you know, Lance Armstrong he's, he's, was one of my great heroes, guys, man. He, yeah. He was I one know. of my heroes and, uh, and I don't have many and he was one of my true heroes. Uh, he was very inspiring to me during that period of my life when I was fighting with those two cancers. Right. All right. But I have to say, uh, I'll never forgive him for the simple reason that it's nothing to do with the doping. Right. Okay. What it was to me was the people that he took down. He threw everyone protect under the his bus. Secret. Oh, yeah. Okay. He threw them under the bus without a second thought in order to preserve his, his way of life and his high status and a reputation that it's obvious that he didn't deserve. I, have, I could forgive him forever for what he's done to help cancer when you consider the, 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 as far as the bike riding goes, but I can't forgive him because he was a hero to me that for but, throwing those people under the bus, you just, have uh, you ever tried you know, to pretend to be him? Imagine winning a couple tour de France's seven in a row. Right. And so imagine that you're yeah. huge. Then you start then because, because of your uh, survival story from cancer, you come back from cancer and you're still fucking winning these races. You start this live strong thing, which is one of like the most, you know, popular raised, charitable organizations yes. in the world, right? Doing yes. great things. Yeah. And so you, you know, you've been doping though, right? 
but then people are accusing you of it. And then you know that if you crumble, then so does maybe even this charity. So all the things that even the maybe it's not a personal thing. Maybe he was just trying in the sense to preserve this mythical creature that was really hel- like the, helping people. I mean, he was a hero to many. Look, even you, grown-ass man, you know, it could be his father for fuck's sakes. Uh, and and for you, he was your one of your heroes, right? He was. He was truly a hero. So maybe maybe his lying. I mean, we don't know. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was a mixture of both. I mean, what a what a secret to hold. I mean, I'm not I'm not so sure that I would have I wouldn't in my in my um my lesser self not have done the same thing. You know, hell, I've lied in my life. I've held on to stuff that kept it going, kept it going, and then just wanted to fucking let it go, but I just couldn't. So I kept it going and kept it going because I didn't want to deal with the consequences of the lie. You know, and then, <laughs> I you mean, know just for him, though, yeah. it was on a huge scale, man. And you know what? I've, I've done that as well, and I've hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, we I, all have, you know, by the We've way. all done those things, but... But you know what? I can look you straight in the eye and say my heart was broken for my behavior. And I don't believe I've ever seen Lance Armstrong's heart being broken for his behavior. If anything, he was he was angry that he got caught. <laughs> and and so that's, well, you know, it, it's the people he threw under the bus. That's... You, you oh, know, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. You're he, right. He, you know, I'm sorry. You, you, you don't. OK, you know, God bless you, Lance, for helping all the people for the good things you've done. OK, but you're not my hero anymore. That's yeah, how that's I cool. feel about it, okay? I mean, it's hard when you lose a hero. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier this week. You and I were talking about the sexual accusations against Gandhi, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, you never want to, like, I don't ever want to, like, justify unhealthy behavior, but sometimes I do say like with especially with those guys back in the day where sexuality was so repressed that uh, it's like I don't want to like I don't want to just take Gandhi and just chuck him off the off the you know the pedestal and not that we put anyone on a pedestal but like I don't want to like take away from what someone like that did because he had some other part of him that was unhealthy you know what I mean it's like let's not throw the baby out the bathwater it's like Martin Luther King, no different. We were saying, you know, he was a known adulterer. Does that mean you just say, you know, fuck that guy? How dare him? He's what a scam and a lie he is. I mean, in some ways he was. He probably knew it, probably ate away at him every day of his life, you know, secretively, just eating away at him on a some subconscious level, I'm sure. That's to me that's a universal law. If you, when you lie, it eats away at you somewhere. And subconsciously you know it's eating at you. It's it's taking away from your life, no doubt. Every time you lie to yourself, every time you lie to others, it takes away from your life. Whether you even if you can justify the hell out of it, it does detract. There's some sort of negation going on within your energy, like your energy loses something every time you lie, right? So, but he still was over, able to surmount it and do such great things. Martin Luther King or Gandhi or, I mean, even Lance Armstrong to some extent, you know hate to put them all in the same boat i mean <laughs> yeah that, that's that's but even but all of us on our lot in our lives yeah. is what i'm trying to say you know all of the people in our lives i'm not trying to say that they've done equal things but all of us in a sense like we owe some well let me gr- let he who has sin cast the yeah. first, who has not sinned cast mm-hmm. the first stone all right yes exactly. we've all lied we've all sinned we've all made mistakes okay right 
But then there are those that I've never held myself up as anybody's hero. I've never held myself up to tell other people live as I have lived, okay? I'm the example to follow, okay? Now, there are some differences between the issues that we're talking about. As I said, with Lance Armstrong, he threw people under the bus. I've never seen where Martin Luther King did anything but lift people up. You're right. And help people and inspire people. And what happened in, oh, yeah, totally what, what happened in terms of adultery, if, if, if you know, you're telling me it happened, I guess it did. I don't know. But even if it did, I've always felt very strongly on that subject that that's none of my business. That's one of the things. I mean, if you go back in the early days in this country, Dwight Eisenhower, who was our president, had his girlfriend sleeping down the hall from his bedroom in the White House. But, but nobody ever wrote about it. Everybody knew about it. But it just wasn't proper manners to to write about it okay and we've gone so far to the other side of the uh, of the pendulum with that we we turn everybody's personal lives into our uh, jokes and our you know i don't i'm sorry i guess i'm a little old-fashioned i i just think that that's kind of inappropriate i think we all of us are entitled to some private space and whatever happened between Martin Luther King, it's between him and his wife. It's none of my business. Right. And it and and I I've never seen or read where he didn't do anything. There was nobody that I know they threw under the bus. But there's there's millions of people who changed their lives because of his example. Absolutely. And it's the same way with Gandhi. Okay. Right. I, I I'm a little more shaken with Gandhi. If but that's. You know, that's just me. But I, you can't. I mean, Gandhi was my number one example that helped me to turn my own life around. Yeah. I went to see the movie Gandhi, and I might mention that Ben Kingsley's performance is the greatest single acting performance I've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is pretty amazing. In, in that movie, he was Gandhi. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, just amazing. But that's, it was from that movie that I drew the, the desire to change, to I wanted, to, yeah, yeah. I begin to get it. I begin to get what it's about, you know. Yeah. It was. It was. Me too. I watched that about a, a year ago or whatever it was. Yeah, it really took me a while me. to get you to do it, but I'm glad I did. Finally. It was one of those like my life was never the same after watching that. Yeah. It, it took me Gandhi. What Gandhi's taught me is the deepest levels of love. Like, oh, you think you love? You know, go one level deeper. Go one level even deeper. Go, you know, he just keeps taking it to the, to the deepest, and it it really changed who I am. You know, it yeah. it, it brought to me to, he's really his his life really taught me what oneness means. You know, it's, it's you know above and beyond doing some acid in the woods and feeling one with the world, right? <laughs> but like, you know, Gandhi on a real regular day world, like behavior with your fellow man, he showed what oneness really was, you know? I mean, wow, just killed me, just slayed me with like how amazing of a life he lived, you know? Yeah. One of the, one of the greats. <laughs> and what he, and what he did for me was he showed me the path if you will. He inspired me to realize that nobody, no religion, no programming, Mm -hmm. no government, no business, no self-help guru, nobody could make my life better except for me. That's what Gandhi showed me. Right. Okay. He showed me that 
that you are the change. And I'm not talking in terms of the greater ramification of changing the world, okay? That's a different topic. Right. I'm talking about changing me. Stop feeling sorry for myself. You know, you and I have had conversations about the journey, and I have, I have told you sometimes you kind of look at me like I'm a little hard-ass about it, okay? Because I truly <laughs> am about the nuts and bolts of changing yourself. And I have mentioned to you over and over again, it's all about perspective. You and so many of the other lords are so much younger. You have, to you, you have this giant freeway in front of you where you can just <laughs> go down any road you want, get off at any exit, explore, be, you know, and, and I think that's wonderful. And if I was 35 years old, uh, I'd be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, but when you're 69 and you've got marginally good health and you haven't got on your journey where you want to get yet, okay, then you become very focused on what your goal is. And I, you don't feel like you got time to take a lot of detours because to me, you're not going to, you or no one else is going to have an extraordinary life until you learn yourself, not the theory, not the the, the, the the minister's greatest lesson, not the what the books say, not any, you, you, you got to know you. And until you understand you, then you're going to, any decision that you make in your life is going to be subject to being not the right decision. Yeah. I truly believe that. I, I, when, when the negative part of your psyche is sitting in the, I call it the, the driver's seat, and and you're not even aware of it, and most of us aren't, okay? And that baby, that, that negative part of you is driving your bus and making decisions. You have to live with the consequences of those decisions. It doesn't matter if tomorrow the positive part of you is back in control. Now you have to live with the consequences of what the negative part of you did. And 99% of us go through life and aren't even aware of that process that I just described. They're just not aware of it. You know, we play all these games back and forth and my good, my upper, call it what you want, your upper self, your lower self, your, you know, your yin, the yang. I the, think it's you focus completely yeah. on the external. Yeah. That you, in your lowest self, you regard the external world as the causation of what's happening in your life. And you have no idea that, wait a minute, go a little deeper, you know? Yes. Wait, yes. I can actually change this. Yes. Man, I can actually change the way I look at what's happening. You know, I believe there, there are two, two major things that impact the quality of our life. The first thing is, is the, I'll call it the environment, okay? That's the shit that you got to deal with that you have no control over. Okay. Right. Um, and everybody gets that. Everybody gets gets their ass in a bear trap, and they and there was nothing they could do <laughs> to keep the bear trap off their ass. Okay. It's just life. Life came along, and a bear trap snapped on your ass, and now you got to deal with it. All right. And we all have that those kinds of events that happen in our life. Okay. Mm -hmm. My cancer would be a bear trap. Oh yeah. Okay. Although it's debatable whether I impacted that or not, I don't think maybe you can eat Der Wiener Schnitzel for, 
you know, six meals a week for 20 years. And maybe, maybe that might've had some bearing on the cancer, but setting that aside, we get some bear traps. Okay. Mm. You get some bear traps snapping on your ass and mm. you got it. And then you have to deal with that. Okay. But there's another thing that, that, that impacts the quality of your life. And that's the things that happen that you bring on yourself. Oh yeah. Okay. Your own choices, your own decisions, and almost invariably, from my observation in my own life, in your life, in the lives of people that I'm close enough to, to watch the process taking place, okay, it is their choices that brings the bear trap. It's their choices that causes the bleeding, okay? And I've learned that when... when you're making choices from the what I'll call the positive side of your psyche, okay? For the most part, those things work pretty good. I mean, look at look at look at your psyche. What is the positive side of your psyche? Okay, your love. When you have feelings of charity, where do you think empathy comes from? Okay, empathy is a is a positive part of your psyche. Caring, you know, all these things that we talk about so much on Lord's, all those things come from the positive part of your psyche. What's the negative part of your psyche? That's all those shortcomings. That's those insecurities. That's those fears. That's those gnawy little snakes in your belly that, that make you afraid to do things, okay? And, and when you let that part of your psyche get up there in that driver's seat and start saying, well, you know what? I think we need to do this. You can, and, and have you ever noticed when you do it? You can convince yourself the world is flat and the sky is yellow when you're under the influence of the negative yep. part of your psyche because you're you're being driven to make a choice that isn't in your best interest and now once you make that choice the bear trap snapping on your ass now you 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 got to live through it just like you do when the environment does it to you and so the purpose of the you gotta journey you got to pay the piper yes yes and so here's the purpose of the journey i agree with you when you say we have to suffer we do everybody learns through suffering okay but the whole in purpose of the journey to me is the realization that you don't need to suffer like most mm -hmm. of us suffer for our whole lives yep. if you can find a way to limit the bear trap on your ass that you create with your own judge bad judgment and your own the negative parts of your own personality making the driving the bus and making bad choices you can get a huge section of your life back to where you can be finding what really resonates with you what really makes you happy and oh, yeah. that's how you have an extraordinary life a lot of people want to have extraordinary life without reaching the point where they know who's driving the bus, and I don't think that works. Yep. Okay, that's why I'm more nuts and boltsy sometimes than you'd like me to be. But that's that's where the rubber meets the road for me. You have to get your life in a place where you know who's driving your bus. You're still going to make bad choices. You're still because you're going to have the negative part of your psyche forever. But man, I think it'll make a huge difference in everybody's life if, when the negative part of your psyche is driving your bus, you are aware in the moment who's driving, who's sitting behind the steering wheel. And now then you can be careful. Maybe you can exercise enough self control to say, whoop, you know what? It's probably not going to be a good idea for me to go off to Vegas and marry that chick. That I just met two hours ago with the big bazoos, you know. Uh, it, it's just, I, I think that that's the part that you have control over. Right. And if you can reach that point where you know how you're resonating, 
wow, you can imagine a life you can have. Mm-hmm. Because now when something resonates with you and you're in the positive part of your psyche, come on, man, nothing gets better than that. You know it. It feels good. It, you're in heaven when, you, when the negative part of your psyche is, is that vibration that you guys talk about all the time. You can feel it. That's where you want to be. Man, that's where I want to be. And you can be there. You know, we don't have to have our life spent with 60, 70% of the time where we're going through growing pains. Yeah. You know, you can reach a point where you, the, the growth is giving you some return for the effort you put into it. But you know what? You got to put the effort in. There's a lot of people that talk the lingo, that, that talk the talk, but they don't want to walk the walk. Scary. Okay. And, and I'm, look, I've been on this for over 20 years, all right? And I, I have to tell you that, and you know what my goal is, okay? And for those of you who are listening, this old man, before he goes, <clears throat> wants to reach a level of self-awareness where I know who's driving my bus in, the, in any single given moment of time. That's it, okay? I'm too old to start a to find where I really resonate and to go start a new career or to, or to jump out of airplanes or go scuba diving or, you know, those <laughs> things that's for you folks. That's what I want for you. When you find your sweet yeah. spot, I want you to live your life in that spot. I want you to build on it and have these extraordinary lives. I don't have enough time left to have an extraordinary life yeah. after I get to my point of, of self-awareness that where I know who's, who's sitting in the steering wheel. And, and after all these years, I'm I'm not there. I'm not. I'm way closer. I, I made a a post a couple of days ago where I said when I if 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 the tooth fairy came back and touched its magic wand on me and I went back to 20 years before I started my journey, you know, with my attitudes and my personality, <laughs> I would go look for the highest cliff I could find and just jump off, man. I do. I would. I don't want to be me from then. So I know I've come a long ways. But even that, and knowing where I want to go and how committed I am to get there, I'm not there. I'm not even close. It's so it pisses me off so bad. Where some days I get and I get in a funky mood, or I'm feeling sorry for myself, or I'm angry, or I'm whatever I am, and I have no idea how I got there. Now, how the fuck does that happen when someone is as dedicated to understanding that as your pop is? Okay, and yet not even close. But I'm gonna keep. Pitching the ball and pitching the ball and pitching the ball. <laughs> and and I want to do it for you, Clinton, because I want you to know it can be done. I want you to bear witness that, yeah, you can reach a point where you know he's driving the bus in a minute, in a moment, every moment of time. Before my pop left, he he reached that point. That's it's quite that's, a legacy. Yeah. Well, that's the one I want to leave you. I don't yeah. have a fortune to give you, so... <laughs> But I'm going to give you a better you fortune. So you're saying there's nothing buried in the backyard? <laughs> Touche. Thought you've my been friend. holding out on me. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot, man. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. I couldn't agree more. I one part of that that you were saying something um, that really struck me in terms of uh, that core. Well, it correlates with the law of attraction in a way. It's funny that when when the you know when the the good part of your, I don't want to say good, I hate the good and bad, but the positive side of your psyche positive is Positive and negative is the way I call it. Right, right. Call Dri- it the yin and the yang, yeah, whatever you're comfortable exactly. with. 
It's it's funny though. What Higher you, self, lower self. I mean, all those words oh, have been yeah. used. They're all talking about the same thing, as far as I can exactly. tell. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe we need to get hold of Eddie, and he could give us the the, <laughs> the latest and greatest, most official the, designation. The, the man. Yeah, Walking man. He's amazing. That guy is. I love him. Oh yeah. But it's funny when you when you're when the when the positive bus driver is driving. Um, it's amazing who gets on the bus. You know, you're driving down the road and yeah. cool, cool guys are wanting to get on and hot chicks yes. are wanting to get on and, you know, every, everything cool is happening to you when, when, the, when that guy's driving the bus, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's amazing what you can bring into your life. It just happens. It just happens. Amazing. Because, because when you're in that state of mind, you know what resonates with you. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you look over at that cool guy and you know he's cool. Okay, but when you're in a negative frame of yeah. guy and you look over at that guy, and he that guy's an asshole. You know, I mean, that's just the way, yeah. you know, but that's just a reflection of your mood. You know, so you're not picking up his vibrations. You're not picking up his spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, usually you try to you settle down to the energies that you can withstand. You know, like if you're negative, too much positive is that's when you start putting them down. Like, oh, listen to this fucking guy. You know, Mr. Positive Guy. Oh, he's gay. You know, all that shit that we used to say about, you know, people that would even talk like we're talking right now. I mean, there was a time in my life, if if I could hear myself talk right now, I'd be like, what the hell? I mean, you you know, that's gay. Whatever you want to call it. However, you know, however you try to emasculate it or whatever you want to, whatever we do, you know. But, um. First of all, I would there never would have been a time in my life when I would have talked like this, okay? But secondly, ask me if I care. Right. Because I'm truly at a time in my life now where I don't care, okay? This is important right. to me. I'm sharing it. If you like it, wonderful, okay? If, you, if, you, if my particular philosophy isn't your cup of tea, go drink a tea at another tea house. I mean, this is who I am. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm not telling any lies. This is exactly how I feel. Right. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to mold it so I can sell it. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, start a religion, start a cult, right, start right. A anything. I'm just sharing my ideas on my on what Absolutely. I feel the journey of self awareness is all about. But when 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 you, I think what you'll what I've found is that, hey, it doesn't resonate with everyone, and you know, it doesn't. And that that doesn't mean that you're being rejected. It's nothing personal. It's mostly just a people's energies. Sometimes they're not in the place to handle this. You know what I mean? Totally get. I that. mean, there's a time like we were saying. There's a time in my life I couldn't handle this. So in a way, what like all of us that you know, everyone probably experiences this, where you feel rejection from someone. Maybe it's a brother, or sister, a mother, or father even who reject you. A lot of it's because they're just not willing to go there themselves. It's like too strong of a mirror. That's one thing I noticed that is that when, 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 when they're, when someone sees you too intensely, it's, it's gets painful. And then it's, I mean, I was telling Ginny this tonight that even you and me are like this in many ways. We're so similar that I know you see my bullshit. And so it's, it's like, you know, it's when I'm, hightailing it out of the house i'm like you know i don't want to have a conversation with you right now that kind of thing yes that's why Jeannie and her son her son they're they're so similar that they butt heads more yes they're so similar they see each other 
you can't i see exactly what you're doing and then you try ah fucking get out of here you try to put each other down or you an old time saying you can't bullshit a bullshitter (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) but when you especially when you're kind of when you come from the when you're cut from the same cloth yeah those types of people are just such mirrors for each other yes and (laughs) that can be painful and so, you know, it's nothing to be offended by. It's more just energy. No, but it's also, I can tell you that it's also a huge help. I think part of the reason that you've grown so quickly on your journey to self-awareness, Clint, is because of that's one of the things I have brought into your life, okay? Even though it makes you uncomfortable, you have, with through my mentoring you, you have faced some of your own weaknesses far quicker than you would have chosen to face them if you wouldn't have been in my life i'm grateful you would have procrastinated and put off and and focused on the positive part of the journey and not realized how critical the negative part was i remember i went with you one day by the way this is why it's important to have people in your life yes you can't no wonder it's taking me 20 years this isn't a solo trip yeah, well, it can be, but it just goes slower. You oh, want to yeah. go fast, it, get around like-minded, and and people that are willing to call you out. That's oh. a that's a good thing. I remember one day we were driving. I went with you when you were making some stops for your job, and and I was talking to you about the same things we're talking about right now. And you pulled the car over to the side, and you said, "That's right. You're right." It is about understanding our weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. And then you said to me, tell me one of mine. <laughs> and, and I talked to you about one. I said, okay. And you were like, yeah, yeah, you're so right. And you got excited about it. Whereas yeah. if any other time, any other moment prior to that one single moment in time, if I would have tried to bring up that one single weakness and discuss it with you, you would have gotten your feelings hurt. You would have gone on the defense. Right. You would have been trying to get out the door. You wouldn't have wanted to listen. Okay, mm-hmm. but the time was right. The conversation, the the conversation actually prepared the ground, and it came from you. It didn't come from me. I said, "No, I don't want to go into it now." You said, "Come on, I'm ready. I can take it." Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can take it. Bring it on. Remember? Uh, remember when you were my babysitter during my LSD yes. trip in the backyard? Yeah, yes. all night. <laughs> That's one of our best father-son moments. Uh, Father-son, son son on LSD. Father comes to to just, you know, give him some company. You know, and uh, we had an amazing time. That was was the first time you were willing to talk about your own shortcomings in my presence. I mean, I don't remember the first. I mean, if it was, I remember having those combos. And it's funny how psychedelics do are boundary dissolving. And they can... And in many, this is why I love psychedelics so much is that they are boundary dissolving and they let you get, they let you touch places that you can't touch normally because it's in your sober state. It's just either A, you can't access it or B, it's too painful or whatever it be. And sometimes with, uh, I mean, I get, I know this, this is why marijuana is so important to me in my life that I use it even as a, I use it often because it's, it helps me go in on myself and it helps me. I really get in to the places that I have a little more trouble getting into in my sober states. And that doesn't mean the irony, the irony is, is I can get into those places sober now much easier than, than I've ever can, you know, could before. And, um, anyway, maybe, maybe maybe that's what's really meant now when they say that marijuana is a gateway drug. 
It is the gateway. <laughs> it is a gateway drug. It's just not the gateway that all the conservos want to pretend it is. Okay, you're not gonna. It's not gonna. Exactly. It's not gonna lead to to exactly. uh, uh, you know some terrible addiction. No. Uh, instead, it's going to help you to see within yourself and to and to embrace yourself and to right. care about yourself. I mean, I I'll say this: after my twenty almost twenty years on my journey, I really reached a point where I genuinely like myself. Okay, yeah. I am comfortable in my own skin. I don't always like being in my own skin because if I had my own choices, I would be I wouldn't be in the physical state that I'm in because of my health. You know, I would love to be able to embrace life more with the with what I'm feeling inside about myself. Right. Okay. I'm not afraid of death, even though I'm closer to it. Do I want to go? Hell no. But I'm not afraid of it. Before I was afraid of it. I think that's why so many people are drawn to religion. They're scared to death of dying and they need that assurance from religion that, oh, if you do what we tell you to do, you know, you're going to live for eternity and forever and ever and ever. Okay. And I was one of those people for a very long time in my life. And finally, I had to face the fact that that is not truly how I felt inside. I was Mm -hmm. always pretending. I was always going along with the program because I wanted, I was afraid and I wanted that reassurance from, uh, from the experts, the folks that are talking to God that I'm going to be okay. Mm. If I do this, this, and this, I'm going to be an all right guy. You know, it didn't take away the fear, man. In fact, many times it made it worse because I, I was the type of personality that I could never, I'm not sure if anybody can do everything they expect you to do, but you get a lot, there's a lot of guilt with, with being part of, of an organized anything. Oh yeah. was my experience. And so, you know, it's, uh, for the first time in my life now, I'm, I don't need, if, I can't tell you, you know, you know how I feel about this, okay? But just how much I come to appreciate the miracle of me. Right. Me being alive. I'm made of stardust, dude. You know, I'm, I look out there, I become so fascinated by the universe. And, and, and it's, it's the truth, man. I'm a truth seeker. The universe is the truth. What's on the other side of the veil of death, be it God and heaven and this and that or whatever, if that's what, I won't know that's the truth till I get there. And I won't be coming back to tell you, okay? That's the bottom line to that one. But my truth now is this amazing universe that we live in. And the fact that no matter matter how you cut up the chicken of the universe, you and I and all life on this planet is it's the greatest miracle in the universe life is the most rare thing in the universe by we we already have enough knowledge to know that we're we're the the highest creation of the universe if you will and and i'm part of that well so whatever i'm living it now i don't need to worry about what comes after now and it's so sad that human beings can't understand what miracles they are you don't need to worry about what's coming after this life. Just celebrate every second and minute that you get in this life. I watched that video that Timmy Goki posted yesterday where NASA put together the yeah, that, was the, that the, the sun uh, the sun with the I don't know what was it 1250 yeah. terabytes of pictures yeah. over several million pictures put together on that. I sat, I was waiting for Ginny at the physical therapist, and I sat in the front seat of my car, Clint, and I cried like a baby watching that. 
It was, I can't tell you, it was one of the most spiritual moments of my life, man. Because it's because of what I was witnessing, the truth of that moment, dude. It was, I'm here because of that. You're here because of that. You're my son because of that. Everybody, every human being that's ever walked the face of this earth is because of that son. Because of what I was watching transpire right there. And it wasn't some artist rendition, science fiction writer telling me what it's like, a scientist, you know, uh, postulating what's going on with the sun. It was firsthand pictures. They'd been put together in a giant collage, but it was, I mean, it was uh, one of the most spiritual moments of my entire life. I cried. uh, 20 minutes I cried. I've said this a couple times now, but... I think when you look at the sun, you're looking at God. It is God. It's, In a very it's, real it sense, is, it's it kind is. of our God. Yeah, I mean, the earth, <laughs> I've said this a hundred times, I know, but it, the earth and the sun are, are the gods. Without those two, they give us life. And without them, um, we don't live. So in a sense, isn't that the definition of, of God, where <laughs> no. life comes from? You won't get any disagreement from me. So, you know, that's why I always say it's like the earth and the sun are, are worthy of worship. They should be worshiped. I mean, this is a, a guy, if there's a guy in a white cloth and white beard up in heaven, cool, whatever, man. But uh, as of right now, the one God I know for sure exists is, you know, Right here, in fact, the the mother and the father, in a sense, you know, the sun, the sun, and the earth, you know, the earth. We're here. The, the earth is the egg, <laughs> you know. I. It's just. I mean, all I need to do is look around me at the this beautiful opportunity that I mean, how gifted am I? I mean, how many planets in this yeah. universe? I mean, now we know. We know that there's there's trillions of planets. In, in the universe trillions okay and is there probably life on another one is there another place where the planet's in perfect orientation to the sun to develop some sort of life similar to our probably most likely probably okay but when you're talking about distances that we're coming to realize that the size of this universe is you to traverse those distances is going to require a technology that we can't even fathom right now what it will be mm-hmm. okay and so, yeah, is it there? Are we ever going to know it? I don't know. The closest okay. stars? Yeah. If there's four, aliens out there. I, I, just you under five you light me, years away. That what? Excuse me? The closest star is just under five light years away. Light years away, yeah. And life travels how many? 186,000 miles a second? That's, <laughs> that's to, the closest try to, try to star. Try to jump in the bed before you, the, the, you know, the light turns on, right? Yeah. I mean, what's this, what is the <laughs> spacecraft that, that we sent out all those 20 years ago or whatever it is? It just now got out of, yeah, the Voyager. got past Pluto, Pluto. Voyager 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so may, maybe someday they'll visit us. Maybe they've already have. I don't know. It's it's sort of like religion. If there, if there's a God after you die or whatever, who who's God? What God? I don't know. Okay. But I know this. I've given enough of my life to trying to follow that path and it's not my path it's not my way okay i'm not ashamed to say it loud and clear just being on this earth is all the miracle that i need being alive being able to breathe the air and feel the heat of that sun i mean you know uh, we I, i picked this little piece of information up off the internet and it made me cry when i learned it and that was 
that lit the 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 proton packet that's produced in the in the the uh, fusion furnace of the sun in the center of the sun when that proton packet is produced it takes up to a million years for that proton packet to fight its way through the different layers of the sun and it changes two or three times it's you know from dense. x gamma rays to x rays mm -hmm. and then in the last 80,000 miles the final transformation where it turns into light rays and then it breaks loose from the sun and 8 minutes later you feel it absorbed into your skin 1 you million know, years and 8 minutes old 1 million year up to 1 million i mean <laughs> you know if you can't feel the majesty of something like that Man, you're just you're you're deaf to the truth, bud. That's all I gotta say. Because that's well, just you're overwhelming. Miss, you're, to you me. are deaf, but you're missing out. Yes, you're missing out. Because guess what? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and you're to, awesome to feel majesty, to feel, to understand that you are an animated being. Like, think about it. I'm moving my hand right now in front of my face, and it's like, how am I doing this? I'm actually actually animating matter. It sometimes trips me out. I mean, when you really sound, this is like stoner talk. Like, yeah, man, look at me moving my finger. <laughs> yeah, well, which I'm good at. But uh, yeah, that's it's it is a miracle just to even be able to animate matter. Just my blinking my eyes, my lungs respirating automatically. Even, even the 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 systems of our bodies to the systems of the ecosystems. You know, like even. You know, Wendy's always walking out in the forest, and you think about how that forest is. I was the, just thinking of Wendy. The lungs of yeah. the earth. You know, she lives in the redwoods, and then the mushrooms are, or the and the mycelium. How they were talking about how it's the it's the great um, connectors of all the trees. It goes into the roots. It's basically like the, you know, it's the computer system for all the trees to communicate with each other, and then to circulate the water back and forth to the trees that need it correctly, and there's all these systems going on of life that are just so beautiful. Wow. Isn't it? And it's like, it's just, wow, it's the just universe, magnificent. Man. I can't even put words to how I feel about it now. I know. And, you know, and I don't need to sit in a church and I don't need someone to tell me, you know, for me, what resonates with me. This right. resonates with me. And as soon as I open myself to it, I have, I've accepted that and I no longer need the other. I don't fault anyone else that does. I, if if another person's sweet spot is is in any church or any movement or any philosophy different than mine, cool. I'm happy for you. What I want for you is to find what resonates with you and then to have an extraordinary life because you're a miracle. You deserve an extraordinary life. The greatest sadness in my heart is how we crucify each other, how little yeah. human beings value life when it's the greatest miracle in the entire universe. We are the greatest miracle, and yet we treat each other and we treat life as if it's nothing. It's just something to be used and, and reused. And, I mean, it, it's the tragedy of, of human behavior is the fact that we don't catch the majesty of our being. Okay? And we think that the majesty is going to come after this life. That's where we've shifted the magic. Yeah. We're even more controlled if you can put the majesty down. You do what we tell you to do, pay your tithing incidentally. Go, go blow that and, bus up. You know, then yeah, you'll yeah, have majesty. Yeah. Strap a bomb on yourself and go blow those people up. The seven virgins you know, are waiting you, for you. Yeah, or 20 or whatever it is. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's terrible what we've done, and it's, we've done it ever since the beginning of time.
Uh, and it and it breaks but, my heart but now a, that I feel it, the way I feel. You're right. You're right. But on a collective level, it's changing. People are uh, like on a on a cell. If you looked at us as one organism, well, on a cellular level, the, there's more cells that are waking up to its own what is what this is. And I mean, when you did your podcast with Michael Kirkwood, when in the history of man could that ever happen? I know. Think about a that. A guy in Ireland and two guys in Arizona, okay, sitting in my house. Knocking at a home run that that you guys <laughs> put together in that uh, podcast. Michael Kirkwood and I have become very good friends, and um, him and I text back and forth a lot. Just like, dude, I can't believe that you're in my life, man. We we're like, we're both just feel so grateful, you know? Yeah, so grateful. So you know I, what? I would, I would never changing. have found. I would have never found Brooke in my life without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this interconnectedness that we have, uh, this technology. That's. I know a lot of people are anti-technology, you know, especially we get real cautious of it, as we should. But let's remember what, what technology has done, you know. It's connected us. And in so many ways, this is why I think that oh, Terrence McKenna has this great quote. It's like, the earth decided to take a gamble. It take a gamble to, to, to advance to the next. The universe wanted to get to the next level, so it it decided to put these sentient monkeys down here to, to fuck over the earth to order, in order to get this. The only way we could go from just, you know, nomadic creatures to to technological, psychedelic, you know, whatever the hell we are now, um, in order to get here, we the earth took a gamble because the earth knew that we would we would push it to the brink, you know? in order to get this connectedness that we have now. Now it's, we took it to the brink. Let's heal this thing that back. Let's get it back to health. And when you think about, imagine what this world would be like with as a collective where we're operating like this. We take care of the earth. We And then we have this connectedness to each other. I, I don't know where this goes. It goes into something totally different when you think of humanity on a scale like that. I mean, it's not in our lifetime. I don't mean it like that, but we're on, even on these small levels, you know, these these little internet groups like Lords of Consciousness. It's no different. What are we? What are we? What's happening here? What are we really doing? What's real? What is this? Is it, like what's actually? It's there's something happening that we don't. We're not even aware of. We look at it as. I go to this one internet group on Facebook and we, I connect with these people cause I like the shit that they're saying. And then, but it's, it's bigger than that. It is bigger than that. Like something else is going on. And if you look at it from like an organism level and it's not just Lords of consciousness, there's a bunch of that stuff going on all around across the world. People are connecting. People are sharing the truth. We're look. I mean, look what's happening. The 1% that, that controls the world is getting found out, man. Yes. A lot of people are starting to realize, guess what? We have a popular, we have an island of a hundred people, right? And one guy's got all the fucking coconuts. Yeah, you know, and on, we that, let on him. that topic, I want to share with you <laughs> something that I just I just read in the last couple of weeks, you know. So it's so oh, yeah, amazing yeah, to yeah, me. Talk about that. Yeah, the the fourteen richest Americans have generated have increased their wealth by approximately 187 billion dollars in the last 2 years. Okay? That amount of money is more That's than just the, the increase? That's just the increase. 
Wow. They've increased their fortunes by the top 14 wealthiest people in America have increased their fortunes over the last two years, 2013 and 2014, by approximately $187 million. That's more than the total wealth of the bottom 40% of the American population, approximately 128 million people. So 14 own more, have increased their wealth by more than what 128 million people's total worth is in this country. There's something really out of this fucked up about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the storyline really is to up say the way they do it is, oh, they're lazy. That's the that's the pitch. Yeah, that's the yeah. sales pitch to keep this thing going is, oh, yeah. look at these lazy people at the bottom. Yeah, sucking us be, dry because because it takes so much effort to to sit down with your boat builder to build the ship to hold your boat like that photo that you. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, I mean that's you know wow that's some hard ass work right there. Yeah. You know, telling your accountants what to do with your money. I don't want to begrudge anybody's fortune. I'm just saying that that because there's so much wealth going in one direction that it's it's creating a situation where the land of the free and the home of the brave are in trouble. Right. Right. Yeah, it it is. It's a it's a it's, it is a scary thing because you don't want to... I'm always scared that this this kind of class war could get out of hand and it turns into something ridiculous, you know? Like, why are the police being armed with all these big-ass weapons and stuff? Like, military-grade weapons in, a in you know, some small town in Ohio. It's like, what the fuck's that about? Yeah, what is it about? You know, I worry about that. I do, but, too. But, but, you know, only time will tell. But the part that bothers me about it, and I don't begrudge wealthy people, but what I begrudge is wealthy people using the system to where I pay a high greater share than they pay. I mean, it bothers me when I hear that our Congress right now wants to cut my Social Security. That's all I, you know, that's the primary source of my retirement is my Social Security. Right. Okay? I read something the other day where the, the uh, round table of business leaders, which has got all of these... Um, ex-CEOs and stuff on there. Mm -hmm. The average guy on there, on the round table of business leaders, makes $89,000 a month in retirement. Okay? And he's recommending to the Congress that they cut Social Security because we can't afford it. Meanwhile, they're getting so many tax breaks. Uh, it, it's crazy. And if, when you brought up the point about the Internet, we're able, to, we're able to, for the first time, to have access to information that otherwise wouldn't be made. We wouldn't understand these things. Like, would, did, would, do you know that right now there's approximately $2.6 trillion in revenue profits created by American corporations that have been moved overseas so they don't have to pay taxes on it? And our tax laws allow them to do that? Uh, uh, Apple, we all got, I mean, I, man, I wouldn't live without my Apple iPhone, right? Got the iPhone <laughs> 6 Plus, just like you do, rocking the technology, right? Okay. Well, they've got about $44.7 parked overseas they've never paid taxes on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, things like you read these things, and it, I mean, it's over two trillion dollars. So they're, everybody's doing it, but they, and they've all they but they all pay the. Do you think they're paying for these lobbyists for for nothing? Do you think they don't want something back? Well, they're getting it back. They're getting the ability to shift the tax burden off on the rest of us mm -hmm. while they get because they're entitled to all of these breaks. 
you know, when you when you hear Warren Buffett say that his his secretary pays more taxes than he does, and he's made eight billion dollars in one year, you know what? You have to scratch your head that what what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, I just want fairness. It's coming. I don't begrudge wealth, but if I can pay thirty percent of my income for taxes, okay, then I, then why can't they pay thirty percent? Right. You know, the the the, the average. Uh, extraordinary millionaire in this country pays less than 10% income tax by the time they're able to get it worked through all the loopholes that they're entitled to. Right. I mean, the, the, the Congress this week is trying to get a thing passed to do away with the estate tax. It's funny because the Republican arguments always, don't you think that they deserve the money? They made it. Why should you take it away from them? It's like, I get that. I, well, I, I made totally, my money. If you're going to take totally my money agree. at 30%, take their money at 30%. I'm happy. Well, and I agree, I agree with that, but the problem is, is when you when they're the ones that get to make the rules, then it's it's all in their favor. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. come on, man, I get it. I don't want to take some guy's money that he earned. Cool, but what the problem is, is when he's the guy that created the rules to monopoly, and he's the one with the monopoly. It's like, and all he can do is he's the one who gets to create all the rules to protect the the empire. You know what I mean? And we're just supposed to say. That's, you know, oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. No, man. You yeah. don't get, the, the one guy doesn't get all the coconuts on the island. We're not going to live like that. And if, but if you want to create some sort of innovation, you know, that's, that's, if you deserve more coconuts, cool, man. That's fine. If you work harder and you really want to get some more coconuts, cool. But how about, like, to me, the kind of society I want to live in should really truly be, judged by how we treat the least among us i mean really that's what that's what this is if we really truly believe in oneness right which of course we don't on a on a collective level we don't understand it but we're starting to and but if where we're going in the future if oneness is not at the at our core at our foundation then forget it i mean and that means even the, the guys that are in control right now the cocksuckers, the 1%, you know, I was having this conversation tonight on a Facebook post. It was like, at the end of the day, even those elite people are our brothers and sisters too. So let's make sure that as we transition out of this, that we don't, it's not some pitchfork, hang them from the trees kind of thing. Like, no, 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 that's no different. All we're going to do is get a new you know, a new cocksucker in place. If we, do you know, that. every time there's been a violent revolution that I can see in the history of the world with the possible exception of the American revolution. And I even have some, some question marks about that, right. but you, what you replaced is replaced with exactly what was there in the first place after a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. Maybe a so, little, so maybe just what's the a little answer to change? Yeah, maybe a little, but, but maybe the answer to change is what we're doing right now in Lords of Consciousness, what we're talking yeah. about earlier tonight. Okay. If I, I, you guys, you young people, you're, you're crazy about these memes. I mean, you guys are like, you, you post these things <laughs> by the dozens. Okay. And I admire them. I love them. Okay. But it's kind of like everybody wants it quick and easy. All right. My point is there's not an easy fix. There's no meme that's going to change the world. There's no, I, it just isn't going to happen. If we're going to change the world, we have to take away the audience. We have to change the rules. And what does that really mean? It means we change ourselves. Be the change. That's my favorite meme. Be the change. 
Okay, but the means the, the journey that do we're talking matter. about. They the do. more people that you can get who will who will become self-aware and will put themselves in a position to find where they resonate and their light will shine and there will be other people who will want to do the same thing and then other people will want to do what they do and other people want to do what they do and you know what you're going to reach a point to where we stop playing the game we yep. stop playing the game they can't make you play the game they can't they can't make you hate each other we get yeah. manipulated all the time in the system. We get programmed to do what? To keep playing the game. That's what it's all about. Keep you in the game. Oh, yeah. Okay? We were if talking we about stop this. playing the game and we all say, hey, you know what? I don't – We with that little discussion we had this week uh, or the other last couple of days about living in a smaller house. Yeah. Amazing stuff, man. I loved it. Okay, well, imagine if you had – 10 million people who were cool with that. We're excited yeah. about that. Okay. I okay. I, I, I can't wait to get my compost pile going. And the system, the, kind si of a the thing. system does yeah. not like that. What I was looking at it today. I was doing a bunch of research on the tiny house stuff. Yeah. It's crazy how, how many laws there are against it. They don't yes. want you to. No, but no. They don't, it's like John, John goose, who's a great guy on, 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 on the, in the group. I love this guy. Smart guy. Oh, and he, he is. He's, he's doing this, and he's he knows a lot about it. And he was talking about that. It's like, you, you got to get out of the system. Get yes. out of the system. That's You're their worst enemy. You're their worst enemy in a way. Absolutely. When they know they can't control you anymore. That's right. And, but the, and in a way, as long as, long as you feel that, that As long as you feel that you have to go out and try to make your quadzillion dollars, then you're in the system. As long as you're living hand to mouth to try to stay alive in the system... You're in the system, okay? And I, I'm not advocating, I don't think re rebellion is the way. No. Do I think people should vote? Absolutely. I think because in this country, at least, we get the right to vote. You know, the game the game that the, the haves play against the have-nots is played in every nation on the earth. Right. And in so many nations, there's, there's, they don't even have to pretend that they're anything but what they are, okay? Because folks there don't get a vote that matters. At least in our country, the vote still matters. So, you know, you know how I feel about that. Right. If you don't vote, the guy who takes power is going to be somebody that's going to make your life more fucked up than, than probably the other guy would have. So at least vote for the one who's not going to fuck up your life as bad as the bad guy is. Right. At, at least go that far. But, but for the most part, I believe that, that the change is about changing ourselves, dude. You and well, me if, change if ourselves and then see it. who if the you, light is. We shine our light it. and see who, who wants to follow. If you think about it, if we can, if you can just eliminate materialism from your life, not all the way, but just drastically decrease it, that makes a big change in this world. You want to talk about them not having control over you? That's one of them. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're no longer going to participate in the materialism world, like to its fullest extent, you know, when you start really, that's what the idea behind this tiny house movement Imagine that. Imagine owning your own house. Like you, you're you a single guy or you're, you're a couple. And you own your house outright. And you have minimal cost, right? Just maybe you only need, seriously, 500 bucks a month. Well, hell, dude. I mean, you could go get 500 bucks a month working part-time somewhere. What do you, and, and, and then you have all this free time, you know what I mean? To do whatever you want to do in your, with your life, right? They don't have you. Like when, when they don't... When they don't have you paying a mortgage, 
paying your cards, card payments and this and that, then you're, then you're, you're out of their system. They're out of their control. And that's, that's scary to them. But so maybe, maybe that's what the revolution is. Enough of us, instead of some, you know, burning down their mansions, how about we just, you know, create our own money system or no money system at all in a sense, you know, eventually go towards yeah. that. Go yeah. towards Eddie's, where... Eddie's got a lot of stuff on oh, that. Oh, yeah. He's Man, right. He posted some brilliant stuff. But we're but far you away get from a, it. But in order to make that work, it. you got to get enough people to play the game. I know. You got to get enough people that. that that will be enough for them, that their sweet spot resonates like Eddie's does right. with that kind of an economic system. Okay? Because not that's not going to be for everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay? But the fact of the matter is... If we can, if each person can find where they resonate and find the people that, whether it's going right. to small houses or it's going to the barter economy or it's going to, we start looking for alternative ways to not play the game with those that are that are calling the shots. Okay, then we're, we're, we can build momentum. Maybe you could get a hundred different ideas like that that fit a hundred different sweet spots for people and get a community going around each idea. And over a period of ten years, you have several million people who could possibly be involved. Yeah. You will make an impact on what's going oh, yeah. on in the world around you. You, I think that the vast majority of the population is just looking for a leader. They're they're they're, they're sheepish in a sense. It's okay. I don't mean this to be some. I don't mean this even as like some sort of arrogance or some sort of like putting down of the that, but. If there was a group of a small group of people truly living this way, you know, like look at look what environmentalism is is look how far it's come in twenty years. You know, I remember I remember when recycling came around and it was like, oh, f fucking environmentalist guys recycling, and now it's like you know now it's tree normal. huggers, tree huggers. Yeah. They try to diminish that, right? Well, yeah. now it's look at like now housewives. In suburbia, even the most plugged in, you know, housewife, like kind of wants to like feed her children some, you know, they get the organic food movement. They want to drive a car that's kind of like econo friendly. They want to, you know what I mean? It's spreading into the mainstream even now. Like the idea of solar panels on your house, take that. The, yeah, even the guy that's plugged in, thinks that's kind of cool you know what i mean it's changing absolutely and look it's, at some of the cool cars that they're even making now oh yeah are, look how subaru is i mean like you, really popular now you know yeah look at i mean um, look at that look at if, if you're one of the yeah i was gonna say if you're one of the wealthy folks the tesla is an amazing vehicle but you know i'm glad that that, that and that shows that those kinds of changes can be made okay every i used to say when jenny and i've been involved in the organic movement ever since we've been together and it's amazing. I can remember in the very early days, and this is even in California, you had to go to a certain place to get an organic product because most places didn't have it. And we would go because we felt that every time we bought an organic product, we were casting a vote. Yeah, you're we were right. We were voting with our money, what little bit of money we have. We were going to make sure that we were buying organic. Okay, and now California, my God, organic stuff that you can go to Seven Eleven and get organic stuff. And when we came here to Arizona four years ago, it, yeah, I mean, hard. You know, the Sprouts was a grocery chain here. They had an organic produce section that was about the size of my living room couch. Right. Okay, and they're a health food kind of a whole food sort of a place. Right. Okay. Um, now, 
Um, they've got uh, an organic section as big as my uh, family room and kitchen. Uh, you know, yeah. And I, it's it's so a lot of people are voting like Jenny and I have been voting for the last ten years, and I think that that's the model for how we change these other things. Stop playing. We need to get to where we stop playing the game. And yeah. and you know you know what the biggest change we can make is, in my opinion, is what we started talking about today with this conversation. Change ourselves. Yeah. Find our sweet spot. When you find your sweet spot, I I think when you learn to control the negative part of yourself, when you learn to resonate off of the positive part of your psyche, I'm telling you the choices you're going to make are just self-obvious that, that you're not interested in being a billionaire. I don't this I think is, very few is, people would feel the need to go out and be a billionaire right. with, if they really found what how many how many billionaires do you think are really happy people I mean how many uh, how socio, many choices do they make in their psyches that comes from the positive side because I don't see it no. I see I see that that many things and most things that are coming Megalomania are, are, are negative man. man right from the negative part of the psyche oh, yeah. me 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 mine i'm important i have an ego the size of the of the state Control, of california domination. i'm entitled i'm the best i'm yeah. this i'm that you know i look down my nose none of that's from the positive part of their psyche none of it it's all yeah. negative parts of them that are that are driving their bus right so you know, if more of us can get to where the, the, our buses are being driven by our positive psyches, imagine how we that, what influence that's going to have on the world. Imagine the way your light shines. Right. We, we've had that discussion so many times that when you build your when you shine your light, people will see it. Yeah, and you know, I think in the world we are, you know, like take environmentalism. It is spreading. It is spreading. But you know what? There's a lot of environmentalists that I find people that are very environmentally friendly, and are or you know good to their fellow man. You know, want peace in this world. But man, they don't want to. They were still unwilling to go within themselves. You know what I mean? There's still a lot of unhappy Prius drivers and people shopping at Whole Foods, and you know what I mean? There's still a lot of really unhappy, unhappy people in in those worlds too. There's a lot of unhappy people in yoga studios, you know? I mean, granted, they're doing something. They are, those are all good steps. But the best step that you can take is to go truly within yourself and go to the places within yourself that are the most uncomfortable and to go hang out in them and to, and to figure out what's going on there so that you can make it better, you know? To go into the the... the 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 weak side of you that's driving the bus and actually figure it out and look yourself in the mirror. When I talk about full circle and the combo, it's look yourself at the mirror and say, you are a fucking, you are a little whiny bitch, you know? <laughs> and then you say that to yourself enough confidently, like you little whiny bitch, you've been, I'm fucking tired of you. I'm tired of you. You're not doing this shit anymore. And you smack yourself a little in a good way. It's kind of almost positive. And you uh, let's get up and we're going to change this shit. Enough of this. Enough of this whining about how, oh, it hurts, it hurts, it's too painful. It's, You know, you get in there on yourself. Not someone else do it. You have to do it. And then you drag yourself out of it. That's what I, I always think that the best way to change your life is to just start, start off by identifying when the bus driver's driving. Just I, go throughout your day. Just You don't have to change a damn thing. Fucking, if you're miserable, just be miserable. Just identify that you're miserable. That's it. And just go throughout your day. This is the practice. You go and you identify. Ah, oh, the good guys. The, 
or the the positive uh, bus driver's driving and then when the negative guy's driving just identify them. you don't even have to change it you do that enough you'll gross yourself out but that's the whole point you'll of being gross yourself out. In the i know and you'll just go i'm i'm done i, I can't i can't I can't, I cannot lie to myself in the conscious, like on my actual conscious mind over and over and over. You know, we put it in the subconscious and we just, you know, judge. Oh, we humans, we just, we we shuffle all of our negative behavior. We we become such experts at sweeping it under the rug. Who, me? Who, what, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, not me. Yeah, yeah, you. You know, you are a whiny bitch, okay? You are, (laughs) you you know, you are. Oh, yeah. Face it, man. And, but when you face it, where do you, can, can you believe, that by facing my my weaknesses is how I learned to love myself. Hell yeah. Because I find out that, hey, you know what? In spite of my weaknesses, I, I'm a pretty decent fella. I do like yeah. myself. I'm not the smartest guy in the block, okay? I mean, I probably, if I if, if my brains were gasoline, I wouldn't have enough to start a piss-ass motor scooter, okay? But, but I'm an okay guy. I like myself. I like the level of intelligence that I have. I mean, my God, when... When Cat Kelly and Eddie Dreyer have a conversation between each other, I have to read it six times to understand what they said to each other. I mean, they're so brilliant. And I love that. Yeah. I love the brilliance of so many of the people in Lords of Consciousness, okay? But, hey, my brain, old fog, fogety guy that I am, I get the point, but I don't get it the first time I read it. Right. Okay, I have to read it two couple of times and then let it soak in and let it marinate. And then finally, aha, now I know what Kat was talking about. Yeah. Okay, because she's brilliant. Right. Okay, so I'm not on her she is. intelligence level, okay? But I don't necessarily think it's not about what your intelligence is. It's what you do with the intelligence that matters the most. Oh, yeah. if, you, if, if, if you have all the intelligence in the world and... The negative part of your psyche is driving your bus. Then you're gonna, you're not gonna have the life, an extraordinary life. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, if you want to save the rainforest, let's say that's your true passion. Yeah. Wow, man. Thank you, by the way, for doing that. Um, on behalf of the collective, thank you that there's people doing that. But if you want to be a really powerful tool, an agent for, for, like you know, love, care. For the for the universe, for the earth, so yeah. on and so forth, you will be like, why not? Why not sharpen your tool? You know what I mean? Because so many of us are just, are, are, yeah, we're an activist for something good, but we don't, we're not willing to sharpen our tool. We're just like, okay, I'm good at just being this kind of sort of sharp knife, but not really, because I just don't want to go into that one spot in me. But if you really go inside of yourself and you really work on that stuff you will be an agent for change like no one's ever seen. I mean, your light will shine so brightly that you, you, you'll, you know, you'll fucking get stuff done. You will, you will create change in the world. You'll be the change based on just your light alone. The energy that you, that you will unleash from that comes from within that you've cleared the cobwebs away. You've cleared, you know, you've, you no longer are letting, like you said, that negative bus driver do it. When the positive guy's doing it, man, your light shines, man. You'll probably the universe will will channel probably great ideas that come to your mind, come to you, in order to save the rainforest or whatever the hell you were going to want to do in your life. If if you don't really understand yourself, yeah. if you're not really truthful with yourself, okay, then how do you even really know what truly resonates with you? Yeah, exactly. Okay, how do you really know? I know. Is the rainforest really your cause? Yeah. I've switched causes many times. The further I yeah. go into myself, 
I go, I mean, I used to think psychedelics were going to be like, it's, that's it. Oh my gosh. I'm the psychedelic. Yeah, I found that's my, my home. That's my thing. And by the way, it's a part of it. It's very much a part of it. I, I, I've said this many times on this podcast, but it goes even deeper. You know, it's like, wait a minute. Psychedelics are actually just a tool. There you Greatest go. Greatest tool there is, in my opinion. But for you, for me, but I, uh, I, that's an argument I beg to differ with. I mean, I okay. do think well, that that's... Okay, well, since I'm too old to do it, I'm, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just it's, let it whatever. go. Whatever, but the point, that's the point is, is that's not even, like, it's not about the tool. Let's not talk, let's not get caught up on the tool. Agreed. Let's go, what is the tool even here for? What is it enabling me to do? It's enabling you to make that journey, right. to walk your path. Because some people use the tool and they just trip out or, you know, whatever they're going to do. For you, I'll tell you what it's done. It's taken, oh, maybe 17 years off your trip that your old man went on. Exactly. That's okay. why I say that's, it's the best that's tool. What <laughs> it's been a very effective tool, oh, as yeah. has marijuana mm -hmm. for you. Oh, okay? Yeah. But they're tools for you, and, I, and, and you've used them as such, and you've come so far so fast, I can't believe it. Yeah. So, you know, it's because you've used tools that work for you, but you've used them in the right way. You've used them to learn about yourself. Right. And the man that's sitting in front of me tonight is not the same man that sat in that restaurant with me a few years ago. Yeah. Just two or th just three or four years ago. Yeah, not the same, same not and, even and, the same and person. Probably who well, a year from now or two years from now, it's like I'm going to just continue to go deeper into who I really am, which which then aligns me with what you know, when when I say I'm looking for to, I want to do my passions in life. And yet, I don't. I'm not even all the way sure what they are. I mean, I have a general idea, but meaning specifically, I don't even know what that even means. Which is cool. Who cares? It's great, man. This is a cool part of the journey that I'm still like. It's still in the shadows. Exactly what I really, truly am gonna do in this life. I don't. You know what I mean? Which but, I'm already doing but, it. But by the way, but you're not truly gonna it. know what you're, what you're, what's right. gonna really give you that extraordinary life until you reach the point of self awareness. Exactly that you that you can feel what resonates. When you were talking about it earlier, you know, you're driving along and suddenly that guy over there right. resonates with you. Okay that's the point that's right. that's where you want to get in your life and if you get there then all the rest right. of it is possible if you don't if you just and it, and, the, and it's always optional you can you can stop the path anytime you don't have to take another step you can stay where you are right. and very very often I, I admitted to you earlier i'm not where i want to get to okay but if mm. i never take another step on my path i am so far removed from where i started my life is so much better well, okay, yeah. that that I, I'm still a winner of a million times over. Did you see that post today from Josh? Just smart young guy, man. Yeah, he is. And he's talking about about that. You know, like it's we always we think that the motivator is this 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 thought that goes through our head that oh I'm not good enough. Yeah. And in some place in time, maybe that actually does serve you. You know, I am not good enough. I should be better than what I am right now. Yeah, but there's a difference but when you're you, not when you're not good enough as part of your own personal valuation of yourself. When you're not good enough because you're always programmed to be not good enough. You can yeah. never be good then enough you never even when you're said when you're living up to a standard that somebody else sets for you. You need that. That's a critical point to understand the difference in. You need to set your own standards, and then how do you measure up against your own standards? 
so many of us are programmed to live by standards that everybody else is setting up for us. Yeah. And then we they don't fit us. They're not how we really feel. We're pretending to try to live those standards. And then, of course, we're not living them. And now we're covered with all the guilt that goes along with it and the self-hate and all the things, the games that we play yeah. as part of being programmed I call it uh, uh, sheep. You, I think you call them monkeys. I don't know. The monkey self, I don't know. I'm not positive. I well, know the is. distinction. But the bottom line <laughs> is, okay, you're fucked up. Right. All right? That's the bottom line. And how do you know, it, it's okay to say I'm not good enough when it's, you're judging yourself off of your own standard, but never judge yourself. Whenever you try to judge yourself off of somebody else's standard, you're never going to meet up. You're never going to measure up. It's never going, and that's that's why so many people struggle with all those negative issues their whole life because they don't understand that distinction, the difference between your standard versus somebody else's standard. Right. And you will never have your standard until you look yourself in the eye, albeit in my mirror or some other way, and and say enough is enough. I want to. I what do I expect of myself? What do I want from myself? Right. And that's what I did all those years ago in the bathroom. Stood in front of that mirror and said, I, what, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to be the way I've been for the last 50 years. Yep. Fuck this. And I want to be different. Okay? And and I am different. Hugely different. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I know the journey works because I've walked it. Yep. One step at a time. Most of it by myself. And, and I know that I, I, I have a pretty good understanding of the process okay um haven't got to my destination yet but that's why i still get so strong with encouraging you and all the other young lords i'm so amazed by all of you mm. how much potential and talent you have okay i don't want to see y'all spin your wheels okay put the rubber down on the road while you're young man face your demons now work them out know yourself set your own standards Set your own goals and then get to that point where you know every in the moment who's driving your bus. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you'll be able to make some fucking decisions with your life. You want to live in a in a small house community, you want to live in a commune, you want to live, you want to go save the rainforest, you wanna you wanna whatever you wanna do. When it when you know it that it's your your spot in the world, then then you'll move forward and you'll live that life. You'll meet the people that feel the same way you do. Yeah, and then you, you'll, you'll have, have an extraordinary the, you'll life. You'll have the energy and the confidence to actually get the the shit done you need to live those dreams. You know, so often it's like when when you when you try to go into your dreams, like in the physical world, to make them happen, but you haven't taken care of everything on on the other side. It's like you don't have the energy and the confidence all the time. You're you're always gonna you're just shortchanging your dream. You know, it's like you know go in there and really get that work done so that way you can you can manifest your dreams very quickly and very efficiently very you know what i mean and probably they're whatever what you actually create in this world is much bigger than what you even set out to do because of what you're talking about you know let me say this we're gonna we're gonna turn into a pumpkin because it's hour 40 in but um you know you say this about the young people um but the things that I'm seeing happen for young people, the opportunities we've had are here because of the generations before us, you know, and what the, the, what the true pioneers of each generation that have come before us, the people that really took the, took the baton and brought, you know, 
carried it as far as they could go, you know, the, the people that are the real trailblazers of, of their generations. And let me just say, man, you're one of them, dad. I mean, you're one of those guys that you were, you were born in the time period you're born into who know, I don't, who, who understands that cosmic plan? Nobody. <laughs> you know, maybe you do. I don't know, but it's, it's, we'll find that out later, but we're born in the time period we're born into. And you're one of those guys, man, for your generation, you t- you've taken the baton and you're not done. I don't mean by, by any stretch of the imagination, but you've taken it really far, man. And you've, you've one, you've brought it into my life, but you've, you've, you're bringing it into many others younger than younger than you. And, um, it's beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of all the young people out there who get to, you know, participate in in your or interact with you. Thank you, man. And people like you. I mean, who who you represent. I don't want to I don't want to get your head too big, but the the all the people of your generation who've taken this this far, you know. Terrence McKenna was born in the same year as you. And I mean, for me, he's one of those brave guys, you know, brave, courageous gonna stand out from the herd you know what i mean stand out from the herd it's scary to do that i mean at the end of the day our natural one of our most primal desires is to be loved and accepted even by the one by oneness we want to be a part of the group we want to be we want to fit in well, that's not all bad some of that's it is negative in an unhealthy world but at the end of the day we do like i do want to be at one with everyone on this planet like I would love to feel that from everybody. We're not there, I get it, but my point is is that there, there is a desire of, for us to have that. And um but the first step in creating that oneness is the things we've been talking about tonight. Oh yeah. I don't want to say goodnight until I absolutely underline that 18 times, okay? Yeah. That when you when you become the change, okay? And then you will show us shine the light to another and another and another mm-hmm. and it's all about what you do with your journey where you go will determine the influence that you'll have on other people but when you can become the change people will see it i, I yeah. totally believe that yeah me too you know and i see it in you you know i the changes i've seen in you i as a father i couldn't be prouder your involvement with lords of consciousness your desire to change yourself, your willingness to admit that you were walking down some wrong paths for you personally, and you turned around and walked away, and you did it with grace and dignity, and you did it with respect for the people that that were uh, there and saying, "Wait, Clint, don't go, don't wait a minute." You, you know, yes, yeah, I'm going to go. You looked everybody in the eye and said, "This is this is what I'm doing." And um, yeah. my my journey was way more convoluted and dishonest than yours. You've shown me some uh, such a high level of character and integrity, and I'm very proud of you for that. As a father, what more can you want than to have a son who has high character and great integrity? And you do. So thank you. Well, and I've been taught well, I've, you know, not only by you, but even from a mom who always taught me the right way. And to, you know, just my. I mean, when I think of my mom, she doesn't. She doesn't go into such deep. <laughs> she didn't go down to the great depths that the, no, the my wife my the, soulmate the has no trenches in of the me. mind that you and i so yeah. often go to but my mom taught me consistent unconditional love you know yes, i mean at did. the end of the day 
I always felt that if I was a garbage man and I loved it, my mom would have just been, great son, I'm so proud of you. You're the greatest boy of all time. <laughs> just like that. She always believed in me. I mean, it was almost like, okay, mom, you're the best. You're the most handsome boy in the class. You know, <laughs> it's like, shut up, mom. You know, you don't even want to hear it. But she was that type of mom. And I think that's the best parenting. It's see your children for the light that they are. She's, you know, and then also to teach them, you know, mom, my, one of the, one of the great things my mom always taught me was from the book, uh, from Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. And it was, you can gain more friends in what is it? Two minutes by, by being interested in them than you can. in I don't know, two weeks when you by, you. by trying yeah. to get them to be interested in you. Yeah. She, that was one of the great learnings from my mom. And it's something I've, I've always, you know, tried to take into my repertoire, if you will. <laughs> but um, what a great thing that she taught me because that's fucking true, man. That's very true. And it leads for a really interesting life. You know, being be interested in other people. They are fucking interesting. Oh. No, do it genuinely. Not It's not some ploy to get friends. I mean, maybe it is, but uh, don't do it for that reason. Do it just because for g- real genuineness. I mean, what a great thing my mom taught me, you know? So I've had really, really, I've been, I hit the jackpot with when it comes to, you know, people in my life. And I appreciate that. And there's a lot of people out there that have been just as blessed and, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. That's one of those Bible things I'll, I'll hold on to. I actually believe in that. <laughs> That's good, as you should. Good. Everything in the, in religion is not bad. I'll t- you know that's not, no. Yeah. Other than the programming part of it, other right, than right. the the you know trying to control you now, and that may work for some people. And if that's their sweet spot, like I've said, go for it. But if it's not, then find what works yeah. for you. Find your sweet spot, and if if everybody does that, you'll be surprised at the world. What a great place the world can become. We can you imagine? This will be my final thought for the night. But can you imagine <laughs> if the process that we're talking about about changing yourself and about about learning how to be self aware in a moment? Can you imagine if if our if if as parents we were teaching our children to do that while they're still children yeah. instead of programming them so often the wrong way and then when they get older letting them choose for themselves and and, and try to break the programming after right. they're already programmed i mean just imagine what don't the you, world would be like don't you if see we were encouraging with, children with, with, to find their sweet spot while they were still children I, th- I see it with my daughter braylon you know your granddaughter yeah i see that kind of like a it's oh cool. is that her name i wasn't yeah. sure <laughs> just for everyone else um it's crazy to see you just let like that free flow, just let them be who they're going to be. And it's cr- amazing what comes out. Right. I mean, when you, when you really try to limit that programming, you know, and kudos to her mom for doing a pretty good job on the other side. So, yeah. And, and when you, you see that and you're like, and it's not to say, Oh, look how awesome my kid is. It's not that it's just to say, look how awesome humans are. If we just let them be who they are. It's just almost like a science experiment. Like I look at my daughter in a way as a science experiment. <laughs> like, well, it was like the other day when she says, and I thought this was so. She was talking to somebody about you and and your wife being separated, and she says, "Yes, my my 
my mommy she she believes in god my daddy he believes in the universe <laughs> but she Did has she an understanding <laughs> you know she has in her mind she's delineated the difference between you and your your ex-wife and i i think that that's brilliant on her part well, that, she, at nine years old to be that. able you... to be able to be reconciled to the differences between her parents it's most people think it's a crisis uh, oh my god it's just a, no it's not a crisis right. you be you your ex-wife be her and Braylin will swim her own water very healthy exactly. if you let her do that She'll figure out yes. whatever works for her. Go for it. And if you try to cram her in one box or the other, then you're going to have to program her to do it. Yeah. And that's that's the, my point. That was the point of ending this discussion tonight. Imagine what the world would be like if we could find our sweet spots when when we're 20 instead right. of having to spend 10 years breaking the program of the first 30. It's, it's I will say it's possible. Or in my case, 50. I I, I see the future as. We might we can reach enlightenment or high levels of enlightenment at much younger ages than what's happened on, on this planet so far. Yes, you don't have to have thirty five years of fucking yes, just a graveyard full of mistakes. No, you know a graveyard full you of dead what bodies I said at buried. The beginning? You know, <laughs> bear trapped by the environment and bear trapped by your own bad choices. Yeah, exactly. Okay, if you can learn to control the bear trap that you cause. Believe me, you're gonna you're gonna make <laughs> shorten a lot of bullshit out of your lives, Dad. Yes, thanks for being on the pod, man. It was wonderful. Thanks for having me. Lords of Consciousness Pod with yeah. Bill Culberson. By the way, he calls himself William on Facebook for some weird reason, but really he goes by Bill, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> These weird guys with their full names. You're like, I don't even go by that name. Anyway, Dad, it's freaking awesome to have you on, as usual. I'm love you, Clinton. Love you, Lords. Love you, Dad. Love you, love you. Thank you. All right, signing off. Have a good one, guys.